Welcome to the Coastal Leadership Podcast. I'm Alan Stanley, the worship pastor here at Coastal, and I'm with Pastor Lucas Granger. Hey, good to be here with you. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, th- today we have an awesome topic that we're going to be talking about, but Lucas, why don't you tell us how we came across this topic? Yeah, so the other day, um, uh, as always, I love to just kind of interrupt you in the <laughs> office, walk in, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> And um, we just love to talk about the church and things that are going on in the church. And in the midst of our conversation, we, we just started talking about some of the things of the vision and the hopes that we have for the church and, and how we can uh, get from here to there and how we could make some things better. And we've had these conversations quite often. But in the midst of this one, you said this quote that kind of changed the entire trajectory of the conversation and it just it just hit us like a ton of bricks we ended up talking about it for a while and then we said hey we need to put this in a podcast uh so alan what was that quote well that quote i cannot take credit for it it's uh, an annie stanley quote but it is is this a problem that should be solved or attention that should be managed mm. is this a problem that should be solved or is this attention that should be managed tell us a little bit about that yeah, so um, the first thing that came to my mind, I've been reading this book by Rory, Rory Noland. Uh, it's called The Heart of the Artist. And he talked about, it's, talk, it's a worship book, it's talking about worship, and he had two things he talked about. And the first thing was um, two controversies that are big in, in worship are traditional worship versus contemporary worship. What? People don't. People <laughs> never argue about the worship. People never argue. No, it's not a hot topic at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was reading about it and, um, you know, when I, whenever he was talking about it, he was saying how, you know, both are very relevant and both are biblical, you know, but we have a tendency in church world to lean one way or the yeah. other. You know, yeah. we got the churches that are just strictly, we're going to be traditional, we're going to have traditional worship. Um, and then we have the opposite end of the spectrum where we're only going to do t- contemporary songs. We're not going to do any traditional hymns or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but here at Coastal, you know, we truly feel like this is not a problem that needs to be solved. This is a problem. This is a tension, excuse me, that needs to be managed. Absolutely. You know? So so as you see in our culture and what we do at worship, you know, we blend the two together. We have the traditional hymn. We ha- we do the, the new song, the contemporary stuff. And we get that from, I, I think about that verse, Psalms 96, 1, where it says, you know, to sing to the Lord a new song. So we want to be yeah. continually singing the new stuff, but we also don't want to neglect um, the older hymns and stuff. Yeah. I feel like both of those are very valid in our worship. And the temptation, like you're saying, is to look at this as it's a problem that needs to be solved. And, and if we would have done that, we would have said, hey, we're going to be a a contemporary church or we're going to be a traditional church and and we've kind of, we would have kind of been on one side or the other of this issue and it's really not even an issue it, it what you're saying is it should be a healthy tension that we should be able to manage and look at and, and find our space in between there absolutely and the second controversy that's kind of big in uh, worship is the difference between spontaneous worship and planned worship yeah, yeah. so you know so, some people look at the spontaneous church worship as, man, these are some weird people. Yeah, you know, they're doing Anything some weird goes, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There is Somebody no... has broke out a flag. <laughs> and there's probably a tambourine, too. Yeah, guaranteed. Right. Yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, a little bit more free in their expression. But then you have the 
uh, the other side where it's very planned, it's very structured, you know what songs they're going to sing, and, um, and that works. Well, whenever I look at that, I think that's very biblical too. So yeah. The first thing that comes you see to, them both in the scriptures. Absolutely. So the first thing that comes to mind that was in the scriptures is when the Israelites go through the Red Sea, got a part of the Red Sea, they had gone to the other side, and they had just been delivered yeah. from bondage from the Egyptians, and they break out into spontaneous worship. Yeah. They are celebrating what God has just done in their life. I think life. it's Miriam, right? Miriam yeah, is, Miriam's leading, is leading it. the Israelites in a song and dance, and this all spontaneous. This was not a planned thing. Yeah, and it's a brand a, new song. Right, so this is very biblical. At the same time, whenever I think about... Um, the worship time that was accompanied with the dedication of the temple, it was highly organized, it was choreographed, they knew what was going to happen. So both are biblical forms of worship, and I believe that you know this is not a problem that needs to be solved, but, like I said, attention that needs to be managed in our worship. Yeah. So that's what we do here at Coastal. So it's like, yes, during the week when I'm coming up with the worship sets, I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me at that time about what songs need to be be uh, sung, but at the same time, I have the flexibility in our worship services to be hearing from the Holy Spirit, and if He wants to do something else that's all outside of my agenda, yeah, He absolutely has absolutely. can do that. So. Just while you were speaking, it really yeah. reminded me of a time when I was in college, and uh, we had to sign up for some of our elective classes, and one of the uh, classes that I signed up for was the improv class. It was a drama team to, to be on drama improv. And I thought this would be perfect because it's improv. You don't have to practice anything. <laughs> I don't right. ever have to show up to practice. I could just show up and do it, you know? Right. Um, but little did I know that, uh, and actually in the acting world, in uh, comedians will tell you this, they have this thing, it's called practiced improv, where they're actually uh, training and honing their craft, and there's there's the improv aspect that comes out of out of it the moment, but there's also hours and hours and days and years of hard work uh, that goes into that uh, improv session. You know, air quotes improv. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I believe if if we so- try to solve this problem, we're gonna lose valuable and valid expressions of worship in our church, and yeah. so we're not gonna solve this problem. We're going to continue to um, manage this tension, yeah. but also, Lucas, we have it in you know in the church as a whole. Um, so, what are some tensions to manage that are in our church? Yeah, just like there's that tension with worship, and you, like you're saying, you see that uh, all over, especially here in America, whether it's uh, traditional, contemporary, and 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 people trying to solve that problem. The same thing happens um, in the church, and and two of the issues that we get faced with a lot is. Um, the highly relational church, and then the church that is uh, very result-oriented. Um, right. and, and sometimes it, it could be looked at, th- at these are conflicting ideas. And, and the truth is that they're not. Because um, mm-hmm. what you could see in, in, in the highly relational church is often a group of people that, man, they love each other. Yeah. It, is, it is an amazing time. People are caring for each other. It often stays very small because that, that way you can know everybody. Everyone can, can fit into your living room and, and have dinner together. Uh, the problem with the highly relational church often is it gets so relation to, to the point of where they neglect results. And mm-hmm. so uh, they're, they're not going out. They're not spreading the gospel. They're not 
telling people about Jesus. Um, it gets content to just, hey, let's just stay in our living room and let's let's just open the scriptures for ourselves. And, and they neglect the work of, uh, of doing that. And then the other side of the coin is where you, you find yourself in the far end of the opposite camp where everything becomes so result-oriented. Everything's about data and numbers and how it's growing and how many people are showing up that the relationships get lost and people become numbers and, mm. and, and you know, somewhere along the line it gets, it gets lost. And so you find people that are uh, jumping ditches, so to speak, uh, to where it's like, Hey, we're going to be a highly relational or highly result oriented. And what we're saying is kind of ha- the same thing that we want to be as a church, just as we are with our worship Um is we want to find that tension between both, that we don't believe that this is a problem that needs to be solved, but better yet, a tension that needs to be managed. Right. Um, so we're managing that tension and saying, like, yes, man, we want to be highly relational. We want to we want to be involved in people's life, while at the same time being active in our community and mm-hmm. reaching people and more and more people with the gospel and, and, and finding that space. Yeah, so I know for myself, I definitely lean a lot most of the time, for the results-oriented side of things. So, yeah. what what else, what can people practically do who who do lean one way or the other? Uh, yeah, so I think like you too, I often have that that tendency to to lean toward the results. And I was actually in a conversation just the other day with a, a pastor about this very topic of uh, when when you find yourself getting more results-oriented, that you're kind of neglecting some relationships or vice versa. And, and he he had this wonderful thing. He said, you know, you've got to find your counterbalances. Mm. And, and, and knowing yourself, knowing that if you have a tendency to to lean to the results, you've got to put it in your calendar, in your day, part of your life expression that, hey, I'm going to re- make room for things that are that are relational, that, that I'm going to spend this time with people. I'm going to put spots um, on my calendar with 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 folks that it's 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 sheer relational and and and, and things like prayer and fasting and things that are, that are keeping us drawing back to like hey I'll, I know I'm a results guy but hey this is a counterbalance that keeps me in check yeah so and also in the bible um one uh thing that comes to mind is Mary and Martha uh, when they're oh, with yeah. Jesus yeah so perfect perfect example right there you got you got Jesus showing up into town and all of a sudden, he, you know, Jesus rolls deep. He's got his <laughs> disciples. He's got a whole crew with him, you right. know? Yep. And people are following Jesus. And there you have Martha in the kitchen. She's cooking her heart out, man. She's frying the chicken. She's getting everything done. And Mary is just chilling at the feet of Jesus. And it gets to the point where Martha's like, whoa, tell my sister to get in here and help me. <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus, like, this is like the perfect example of relationships and results. She's like, like people need to be fed. Uh, and Jesus brings some balance to it. He's like, no, what your sister's doing, she's doing the most important thing. And yeah, like, Food's gonna happen. There, there are all these things that will happen. But uh, recognize the moment, recognize the season, recognize who's before you right now. And, and it's important for us to remember that, especially with all that we do in the church, in ministry, in life. That you know, just as last year we did this big thing called Serve Day, and and we've got we got so busy with man, we gotta 
we're, we're going to serve all these people, but somebody needs to make sure the grill's there. Someone needs to make sure we have extra propane tanks. That there's right. there's Absolutely. all there's the whole checklist of ever, all the things that need to happen to produce the results. That when the time comes, when we're cooking the chicken, when we're doing the food, that we're also making the time that to just spend time with the people that we're out there to reach and just be involved with their life. And hey, how's it going? What's what's been going on? What can I pray with you for? Yeah, and not miss that. And it's easy to do. Right. Absolutely. Um, so we've talked about tensions to manage in our worship. We've talked about tensions that we manage in our church. But what about in our family? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alan, honestly, this is one thing that I've noticed in your life. And I've, uh, you know, just noticing from the year you've got uh, your wife, Lauren, and three kids. And at the same time, you are worship leader. You are a uh, husband, father. You wear all these different hats. You do such a great job. How do you manage that tension uh, in your family of being 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 the family man, while also all the responsibilities that you have here at the church? Well, that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it all comes down to Lucas, um, just knowing what season you're in in life. Um, right now, like you said, I, I do have a young family. Um, and I have a, a great responsibility uh, at, at here at Coastal. Um, but right now, because I have young kids, they require my time. They need me to be home. Um, they need me to be around now. But that's right now in this season. But later on, they're going to get older. They may be out of the house. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. be able to... They need you more when they're five <laughs> than when they're 25. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it just like I said, it comes down to knowing what season you're in. Um, you got to be able to be flexible. You got to... If if you're so busy at work, you like you said before, you got to schedule that time. You got to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and at five o'clock, I'm going home, and I'm going to help the wife with the food and put the kids to bed and spend yeah. that quality time with them. On the other side of it is, you know, when you're in the season of, you know what, the kids are out of house, and I'm in a situation where I can spend the time, you know, yeah, work, yeah, come, come in and yeah. do your job, get it done, you know. Um, but it all comes back to knowing your yeah. season. I think you uh, you alluded to this once. It was a, a book Andy again actually wrote called "Choosing the Cheat," where he talks just about this of like, listen, there's there's things, and uh, oftentimes we turn it into an either or, where it's like right. either our job or our family, or it could be a host of other things that that we we put on the table. But the problem is, it's not really a problem. It's learning to deal with that tension because the truth is, like, yeah. We could always say, you know, family comes first, but at the same time, you've got to go to work. Right. <laughs> you, you've got, you've got to, you, you've got to put some food on the table to feed that family. Right. You know, and, and and the same thing back back and forth for your family, for your work, for life. Finding that balance, finding the season in which you're in. Yeah, and, you know, one quote that just always sticks out in my head that I, I'm trying to live my life by is, uh, I don't want to sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. Yeah. Or it could be success or fame or anything else that, you know, out there. Um, so I just try to keep that in the forefront of my mind. And I, I schedule that time. I, I'm intentional about that time um, with my family and work. You yeah. Know? It is a healthy balance. It is not a problem that I'm going to be able to solve. Because if I try to solve this problem, I'll end up hurting my family or I'll end up Losing my job, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so I've yeah, got to no, manage and, it. And I've been through those seasons just like you. I remember 
the first, uh, it was probably about the first three years of the church. I was working three jobs and, you know, it was, it was 14 hour days and my wife was working as well. Um, but at that time we didn't have any kids and we were able to put everything we had into the church. And, um, uh, we've just been through different seasons. And so now that kids are a little bit older, we got one in school. Um, Devin can come up. She could work a couple days a week here at the church. Now I could, I could give a more balanced time to, to my family, to my kids, uh, one of my things that that, that kind of that counterbalance, um, because knowing I'm so result oriented, is I know that uh, uh, Saturdays I basically just have the phone off, mm-hmm. and hey, you know, what if an emergency happens? It'll be okay. It, right. It'll be all right without me. Things will survive without me. Yeah. And uh, knowing that I have that time set aside for my family, and, and then the same thing too um, with the church. Uh, I have set certain times of the day. I know mon- Monday morning from from ten to twelve. I don't want to schedule anything else because I want to have that t- particular time to be working on some things that that we're doing with the church and and, and scheduling that time, knowing it, managing that tension. It's right. not a problem to be solved; yeah. it's a tension to be managed. Exactly. Uh, not all tension is a negative thing. You know, tension can be uh, absolutely be healthy yeah. um, in our lives. So the tension in our worship, the tension in our church life, and the tension in our family, it's, you know, as long as we learn to manage that tension, we're going to be better for it. Yeah. I think you actually gave a good example of that tension uh, we were talking the other day about working out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, when we, when you lift weights, you know, we create tension in our muscles and that tension is what helps us get stronger, what builds that muscle up. So, you know, like you're saying, tension can be a healthy thing. It, yeah. it, it keeps us flexible. It gets us stronger. It makes us easier to adapt to situations. Um, so, like I said, again, it's healthy for in our worship and church and our family to be able to manage that. Absolutely. Well, Alan, this was a, a great conversation. Um, one more time, throw that quote out there for everybody to hear it. All right. Is this a problem that should be solved or a tension that should be managed? Mm. Is this a problem to be solved or a tension to be managed? Uh, so maybe you're out there and you're listening in, and maybe take some time. Think about think about that quote. Think about that. Have you been trying to solve a problem that you really don't need <laughs> to be solving? And the same thing with us. Maybe we need to uh, finish this podcast up and, and revisit some things and uh, and say, hey, maybe there's some healthy tension to this, and how can we brace it? How can we learn from it? 